Welcome to the Soul of Islam radio podcast with Ahmed Saqarmini and Hassan Alexander. The time for the Islamic Renaissance is now. May the peace, the mercy, the blessings, and the light of Allah be upon us all. My name is Ahmed and I am a physicist, a poet, and deeply committed to the reawakening of the human mind and heart through art, science, and spirituality. You can learn more about my work on my website, ahmedsakamini.com. Ihsan is a spiritual coach committed to spiritual awakening within the Muslim community and beyond. He is the creator of several leading-edge coaching and online training programs designed to cultivate greater awareness, spirituality, and success. You can learn more at his website, ihsanalexander.com. And you are listening to the Soul of Islam radio podcast. It is a program dedicated to sharing the deeper dimension of Islam and supporting your personal growth and spiritual development. Again, I am Ahmed, and I'm here with you with another transmission, another episode of Soul of Islam radio podcast with my good friend and brother, Ihsan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Soul of Islam radio. This is Ihsan. And we are both wishing you a blessed day or evening wherever you are in the world. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect you, guide you, bless you and your loved ones and your community. Thank you for joining us. Today's podcast is inshallah going to get you off of your seat and make you wonder where all that time went. The topic is exciting and it needs to be addressed and it revolves around the whole idea of prosperity. The interpretations of what prosperity is can fill pages upon pages. People have used its misinterpretations to control the masses to lead them in loving the world and falling in the traps of the human mind. Now, there is a global shift in consciousness taking place and the hearts that spend time remembering the divine are feeling it with every passing moment. So there is a sense of urgency that comes with this period of time, which means that the time to do something as an individual, as a community, and as an entire human family is now. See, time stops for no one. The clock ticks and the heart beats and we're moving in space towards the inevitable. So with that, we will invoke the inspiration of Allah, so that he can allow us to take the opportunity to reflect on the essence of prosperity, its place in our lives, its connection to poverty, and the delusions of the human mind in relation to attaining success. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wassalatu wassalamu ala ashrafil mursaleen. Sayyidina wa nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us and protect us, lead us upon the straight path endless peace and blessings, love and salawat ala Sayyidina Muhammad وسلم, our messenger, our prophet, our guide, our leader and upon his family, his companions and upon the entire ummah and this world, all creation. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless everything for the sake of Sayyidina Muhammad وسلم, and guide us all to our potential, our possibility, our divine destiny for which he created. This is a topic that is extremely important, something that needs to be discussed and that is not discussed within the common conversation among our Muslim community. The topic is prosperity-based consciousness or prosperity consciousness. And in this episode, we'll describe what we mean by that. We'll also discuss the importance of paradigms and a paradigm is essentially a belief system, a worldview. It's a way that we interpret and understand the world, the universe, reality. In this episode, we'll discuss how our paradigms can be either in alignment with divine will or out of alignment with divine will. And how being out of alignment with divine will in our thoughts and our beliefs 
leads to a life that falls short, very short, of our potential. We'll also discuss how the understanding of and operating from prosperity-based consciousness versus poverty-based consciousness makes a difference in every aspect of our lives, from our health to our wealth to the quality of our relationships and family lives. It can be the difference between vibrant health and wellness versus debilitating and compromised health. A prosperity consciousness can be the difference between succeeding on a practical level and being able to properly take care of one's family, one's personal needs, versus constantly struggling and having to provide one's loved one's independence less than they deserve in a world that is increasingly dependent upon material success. This is the difference between having a healthy, loving, supporting, and nurturing marriage, as well as other family-based relationships and community-based relationships that inspires, supports, and strengthens you versus a marriage that is just is, that just is, where the spark, the light, and the love have been lost, and individuals or couples are just getting by out of habit and convenience. In short, prosperity-based consciousness is about living life at our potential rather than at the level of mediocrity. And most importantly, we will also discuss how this affects your spirituality, your spiritual growth, development, and your personal connection, your relationship with Allah Almighty. So what do we mean when we say prosperity-based consciousness? What is prosperity? Prosperity can be defined as wealth or as abundance. And this can apply to many areas of life, including and beyond just the financial. So we can be wealthy in our finances, but we can also be wealthy in our health as well as in our relationships. Right? We can be wealthy and strong in any area of life. We can have enough financial means to meet our basic needs in life and allow us to pursue higher pursuits, higher goals. Wealth and abundance with regards to health is vibrant health. It's having a strong and healthy physical body and mind that can serve us in every other area of life. We know that when our health is compromised, everything becomes compromised. Our ability to produce effectively, to succeed at work, in our careers, and on our business, as well as in our relationships, all of these become affected by poor health as well. So prosperity applies to health as well and to relationships. Our relationships can be blessed, loving, supporting, or they can be less than that. And that's the difference between a relationship which is benefiting within prosperity versus one that is suffering from poverty, a poverty of love, a poverty of joy, a poverty of happiness. Just to help make this episode a little bit more relevant and inshallah a little bit more beneficial, I'd like to begin, we'd like to begin by having you, the listener, take a quick inventory and accounting of where you're at. This is what we might call muhasaba, one of the forms of tafakkur, for example, that are discussed in the Islamic meditation program. Muhasaba and accounting and inventory. Really briefly, look at the different areas of your life and just note mentally, how are you in those areas? Are you abundant and prosperous or is there poverty there in your financial aspect of life and your ability to meet your basic needs and be able to do the things you need to do for yourself and your family? How is your health right now? Is it vibrant? Is it strong? Are you filled with energy? Are you taking care of yourself? Or, or could your health be a lot better? And in your relationships, your relationship with your spouse, with your children, with your parents, with your friends, your community, your relatives, what are those like? Are they rich and abundant, positive, blessed, life-affirming? Or are they strained? Do they tend to have conflict? Is there a lot of struggle? Is it far less than it could be? So just for a quick moment, look at these three main areas, your financial, your health, and your relationships. And before we continue, just make a mental note if these areas could improve. 
Now, how is this relevant to spirituality and spiritual development in Islam? Paradigms. Our paradigms are a reflection of our beliefs. Our paradigms are an indication of what we believe about Allah Almighty and what we believe about ourselves and the relationship that we have with Allah. Your results in life are a result of your beliefs and the action that you take. For example, if you believe that you are undeserving of a certain level of financial security, you probably will not take actions to ensure financial security and stability for yourself and your family. And even when opportunities for wealth come by, you may find yourself unconsciously sabotaging those opportunities. You may find yourself unconsciously rejecting it because your self-image is such that you don't see yourself as deserving of that level of prosperity in your life. Same thing with a relationship. You may meet the love of your life, but deep down you don't believe you deserve it. And in that case, you may take subconscious actions to sabotage that relationship, to ruin it. It happens every day. Even the fact that we don't take care of ourselves physically, our health and our well-being, is an indication that we don't truly love ourselves, that we don't truly believe that we deserve health and wellness. We believe that we deserve to be punished. And so we punish ourselves unconsciously. The question is, what is Allah's will? What is divine will for you? Is it suffering or is it success? Is it pain or is it prosperity? Is it struggle and conflict or is it peace? Allahumma salli ala Sayyid Muhammad wa ala Sayyid Muhammad. Allahu Akbar. Allah wants nothing but peace and happiness for His creation. Allah's will for humanity is paradise. This is what He created us for. And Allah Almighty placed us in paradise when we were first created. Yet it was our actions, our choices, that took us out of that paradise, out of that place of peace, out of that place of prosperity, serenity, tranquility, abundance, beauty, and bliss. Divine will for humanity, for creation, is paradise. It is prosperity, it is peace, it is happiness, it is success. And your life is a reflection of the choices you are making. The results in your life are a reflection of your beliefs and the actions that you take as a result of those beliefs. Your results in life are a reflection of your self-image, your beliefs about worth and deservingness. And in reality, these are but a reflection of your beliefs about Allah Almighty. It's a reflection of your concept of God. It's a reflection of your relationship with God. Are they correct? Are they consistent with truth? I believe it was Einstein who said that the most important question we can ask ourselves is, is this a friendly universe? He was pointing to the heart of the matter. What paradigm are we operating from? Because these will govern all of our results in life. Our paradigms, again, are our beliefs about the universe, which are a reflection of our beliefs about God. Do we live in a friendly universe? Do you live in a friendly universe or a hostile universe? Do you live in a world, a reality, a universe that is supporting, loving, benevolent, and kind? Or do you live in a world, a reality, a universe that is harsh, punishing, difficult? The universe, life itself, are but a reflection of the nature of Allah Almighty. And if we remember the divine names and attributes of Allah, as we were taught by our blessed messenger, Sayyidina Muhammad Wasallam. We know, if we remember for a moment, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful, He is kind, He is compassionate, generous, loving, supporting, sustaining the source of life. Is your life reflecting this truth? There's always room for improvement. And we have to look at ourselves. This is part of our spiritual growth. This is part of our spiritual path. And we have to embrace personal responsibility. We must take responsibility for our lives, which is yet another issue within our Muslim community. We tend to be fatalistic. Yes, we do believe in fate and destiny, but that is in Allah's hands. All you can know about your destiny is what has already happened, and that is in the past. The future is wide open. 
even if you've been poor your entire life, it may be written for you to be rich for the remainder of your life. That isn't Allah's knowledge. It's not your domain. It's not our domain. It's not to concern ourselves with that. What we must concern ourselves with is our part, which is doing our best and leaving the rest, leaving the results to Allah. This is the way of perfect balance. This is the way of Islam. And it gives us freedom from stress and anxiety, freedom from tension. As Muslims, we get to realize, we get to know that we are not responsible for the results. We, you, are responsible just for your actions, for your choices. You're responsible for taking right action relentlessly, regardless of the results. You are responsible for doing your best consistently and then resting in peace, knowing that you've done your part. Then surrendering the results with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the way of peace and it's the way of piety and it strengthens your love and your relationship with Allah Almighty. MashaAllah, Brother Hassan, beautifully said. And before I go deep into this topic, I want to start by invoking peace, blessings, mercy, love, and compassion upon the soul of the beloved Master, the one and only creation who transcended space and time. I ask Allah to continue inviting us into His presence and to make every step of our journey count. I ask that He fill the, the heart of the heart who seek awareness with awareness and that He inspire the minds, trigger the tongues to speak His words so that we never succumb to the traps of worldly illusions and mental delusions. Allahumma ameen. SubhanAllah, where, where do I start? Humanity has been entrusted with an eternal light and sent on a mission of discovery into an expanding void we call the universe. It is astounding and comforting to know that Allah is with His creation throughout the entire journey. It is only our temporary perception that removes us far from experiencing him fully. His divine transmissions never cease to inspire the heart of humanity on the journey of return. And at the apex of divine transmissions is the way of Islam, a way that has been manifested through the best of creation, through the best and holiest of books, and through every cosmic process and happening moment. Islam, with its many luminous manifestations, acts as a compass that points towards the goal of the mission of every traveling soul. This goal is the achievement of perfection and excellence through attaining awareness, a goal that echoes the essence of true success. Now, despite the direct experience with the cosmos, the human mind somehow turns the heart towards the world and deludes itself into oblivion. As a consequence, the meaning and purpose of life, the definition of true success, and the identity of truth all end up being ridiculed, misinterpreted, and lost as every individual screams, I and cocoons inside of a perception of truth and reality. Now you might be asking yourself, what does all of this mean? In the secular world, the human mind is conditioned to think a certain way and is presented with worldly possibilities and worldly success. You remember, we are told from when we were young of what it means to be successful. Prosperity is presented to us in the forms of careers, education, houses, cars, fashion, and as anything that moves up an individual up in class. Unfortunately, both spiritual and secular halves of the human population have been fed by the same spoon. We see this within our own Muslim family and how 
worldly gains determine who you are in the community, the amount of respect you will gain, who you will marry, and even who you will befriend. And for the ones who are on a spiritual quest, anything that points towards the world becomes repulsive to them. And they end up solidifying the misinterpretation of prosperity into an actual definition in their own minds. You know, for some of us Muslims looking at secular individuals, you know, we often hear this, oh, look at these people chasing the world. They have no knowledge of Allah. I feel sorry for them. And from a secular perspective, looking at a quote-unquote spiritual human being, you'll hear, oh, look at these people. They are missing out on the world. They have no idea how lost they are. And it seems that everyone thinks that the other is lost and everyone is holding on to their veils. So if the secular definition of prosperity and its affirmation by others isn't giving us the reality of what prosperity really is, then how can we, as human beings, as seekers, find and attain real prosperity? If everyone thinks that the other's interpretation of prosperity is distorted, then how can we know what it really is? Some of us Muslims think that having less of the world will make us closer to Allah, and having the world will somehow deviate us away from the path. And so I ask this question, how is being successful in the world interpreted as running away from it completely? SubhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Inna lil mafaza, which means that the best of Muslims who have attained taqwa, God consciousness, God awareness, will be led to success. They will be successful. SubhanAllah, he coupled God-conscious people with success. How can we be aware of him if we don't seek him in the world he put us in? And now you might be asking yourself, wait a minute, Soul of Islam Radio. In your previous podcast, you mentioned the importance of being free of the world. And that is still correct, my friends. Because what does it really mean to be free of the world? And what it means is that the heart must be free of the world. The heart. Because the heart was created for Allah and only Allah. And subhanAllah, this is the first step in discovering what prosperity really is. Knowing and experiencing true prosperity begins in knowing the distinction between the heart and the mind, as well as the difference between the external and internal realities. Everything has a seen and an unseen aspect. And yes, even the whole process of attainment of the world. The world can be attained externally and or internally. And understanding this is fundamental to attaining success and being successful and prosperous in life and in the eyes of the Creator. We have to know and understand that true prosperity is the goal of Islam. And without striving to attain it, how can we even expect to reach the goal? The way of the Prophet the way of Islam is the middle way. It's the way of balance. And in the world, you can have these two polar extremes the spiritual, and then the secular. The secular people of the world probably don't need to be told about prosperity consciousness. They're already being driven by their desire for more in this world. This is more so for those who are on the spiritual path. Because like Ahmed was saying, we end up with really what are distorted beliefs about prosperity when we equate poverty with piety. This is incorrect. The Prophet of Allah did not advocate poverty in the sense of total poverty and ineptitude and weakness, etc. In fact, he said poverty can actually lead to disbelief. But the way of the Prophet, like Ahmed said, is to have one's heart free from attachment. We need dunya. We must have dunya. And the early Muslims understood this. They used it, but they used it for the sake of Allah not for the sake of the self, 
nowadays, for fear of falling into worldliness or the love of dunya, people have unconsciously embraced poverty. And this actually creates a greater level of burden in the psyche with regards to the world. It's said that the only people that think about money more than the rich are the poor. Our lives, your life, is a reflection. The results of your life are a reflection of your choices and your beliefs. And they present to us an opportunity to see what we are choosing on a daily basis before we arrive at eternity, before our choices become final. Every day we can wake up and look at our lives and see what we're choosing for ourselves. Are we choosing peace, prosperity, paradise? Or are we choosing suffering, misery, and hell? Your focus determines your reality. Is your focus, your paradigm, is it positive or is it negative? Is it based in truth? Or when you look at it and you make it conscious, is it based in falsehood, in something other than Allah's will? Is your focus, your beliefs in alignment with divine will or not? Your unconscious beliefs. And we all have dysfunctional unconscious beliefs. It's impossible to be in this world and not acquire dysfunctional belief systems. But the path of spirituality and spiritual development and life is a mirror. It's a reflection. It's constantly showing to us ourselves. And the spiritual path is about developing awareness. It's about developing consciousness. It's about developing the capacity for choice and the ability to execute free will. We must become aware of our paradigms and our beliefs in every area of our lives. In your life, what are your beliefs surrounding the financial and the material? What are your beliefs regarding health and wellness? What are your beliefs and your expectations regarding family and marriage? Are you settling? Why? If so, why are you not taking conscious control of yourself, your beliefs, your actions to create what you actually want? And the question comes back down to belief. What do we truly believe? What do you believe? Do you truly believe in Allah Almighty, the Lord of mercy and compassion and grace and generosity and benevolence, the one who is supporting your friend, your ally? If so, then take action that is consistent with that belief. It will make your belief real. Your beliefs will become belief, which is rooted in the heart and in your being, and your results will show. There's a formula, a simple formula that I call in some of my work, the, the peak state success formula. And it's very simple. Your belief plus the action that you take equals your results. Belief plus action equals results. The greater the level of belief, the less amount of action that is necessary to get a specific result. The lower the level of belief, the more action that must be taken to get that result. Allah Almighty wants your success, your strength, your health, your wellness. Again, can it be otherwise? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Lord of love and mercy. And this is why Iman is so important. Because prosperity and success, abundance for the believer increases him or her in gratitude, in humility, in piety. We are not here for this dunya. We as Muslims, as believers, are not here for this world. We are here for Akhirah. We are here for eternity. And we're here in this world only to make a difference, to live a life that is in divine service. If you had extreme wealth, abundance of wealth, what would you do with it? Would you purchase a yacht, a palace, a garage filled with sports cars? Or would you do good? Would you build mosques and institutions of learning? Would you create educational and empowering programs in parts of the world that are destitute? Would you help our human family? This is our duty as Muslims. We are stewards of this planet and of creation. We are responsible for everything, for everyone. The whales, the fish, the bees, the forests, the sky, the atmosphere. We are responsible for all of life. We are responsible for the animals on this planet, that they are protected from zulm, from oppression, from pain, from suffering. We are responsible for all of humanity. We were created to be the deputies, the vicegerents, the representatives of Allah Almighty. 
And it's a massive duty and responsibility. We are the Khalifas of Allah Almighty. And he said, you are the best of nations. You enjoin good and you forbid, you prevent evil. Are we doing our job? And how can we do our job if we can't even take care of ourselves and our own families? We will be called to account for the suffering of all creatures and all people. We are responsible. The Prophet ﷺ taught that the believer cannot go to bed with his belly full while his neighbor sleeps hungry. Every human being is our neighbor, especially in today's world. You just have to simply log on to Facebook or the news or anywhere and see human suffering throughout the world. How can we pretend it doesn't exist? And how can we help them if we're too weak to even help ourselves? We have a duty to be successful in this world, in every level. You have a duty to be empowered so you can make a positive difference in the lives of other human beings. First and foremost, your own family, your own loved ones. And it can be a struggle. Some of us come from a background that is rooted in poverty consciousness or we were impregnated with poverty-based consciousness, especially if you're on the spiritual path. You may have been taught that being weak and financially destitute is an indication of piety or a path of piety. It's not. How are you going to safeguard your children if you can't even provide them a basic quality of life? How will they appreciate the spiritual path? And we know when it comes to financial abundance and security, it affects every aspect of our lives. It affects your health. It affects your marriage. How many marriages fall apart because of financial strain and stress? We must be strong. We must not allow wealth of dunya to take root in our hearts, but we must be empowered as Muslims. We are responsible for everything and everyone as believers. If not us, then who? We cannot take the back seat when it comes to leadership in the world. We must be at the forefront, ensuring safety and prosperity for all human beings, for all of creation. We must be the ones that people look to for leadership. Was this not what we were created for? Was this not the mandate we were given when Allah chose us to be believers, to be Muslims, to be representatives of Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala? Now here's the trick. In seeking change, you cannot focus on the negative or you will get pulled into it. You must transcend it. The only change, the only way that we can bring positive change to our own lives and to the world is to focus on the positive. We must bring the light cannot fight darkness. You must simply bring the light. And this means that we must be rooted and anchored in truth, in the divine presence of peace and prosperity, and so lift others up. We must literally be pillars of faith, of iman, oases in an otherwise barren desert. It is said that if it were not for awliyaullah, the inheritors of the prophets, the friends of God, the pillars and poles of faith and belief who are connected to Allah Almighty, human being, rijalullah, men, who are anchored and rooted and connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that if it were not for them, the world would die, that not even a blade of grass would grow, because Allah's mercy flows into creation through the light that flows through the heart of the Prophet and his inheritors those who are selfless, who are clear, who are pure, who are connected to the Divine Presence and cannot allow the mercy of Allah to flow into creation. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the Prophet, the Messenger, as rahmatan lil'alameen, the mercy to the worlds, to creation. Allah is a rahman And that rahm, that mercy, flows through the heart and soul of the Prophet And awliyaullah, the believer is a portal to the grace and goodness of God. And that is your destiny. That is your divine purpose. Again, we are not here to sleep through life. We are here to change and to save the world. And this begins with saving ourselves. This begins with saving yourself. It begins with saving your family. And this paradigm shift that takes place in your psyche, in your world, in your life, in your reality, will ripple outward. This is known, interestingly enough, as the butterfly effect. And... It's very appropriate, especially in this case, because a butterfly represents transformation, metamorphosis, change, evolution, right? The life of a butterfly begins as a worm crawling on the ground, yet it secludes itself in this holy seclusion, in this halwa, 
for a period of time and through its connection to Allah and to truth secluded from the outer world it emerges an entirely new creation an amazing and beautiful new creation with wings that can now fly above the earth the Sahaba understood their role and their responsibility and they were relentless in bringing light and justice, security, freedom and possibility to the world now it's our turn we cannot shirk our duty any longer we must rise we must lead the way forward again if not us who do we not have the holy quran do we not have the light of the final messenger of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed and beloved listeners of soul of islam radio you are here for a reason you are listening to this podcast you are listening to this broadcast for a reason it's time for change it's time for change within our ummah and it's time for change within ourselves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Holy Quran I do not change the condition of a people until they change what is within themselves change begins with us change begins with you absolutely the time for change is now We have to be aware of every passing moment because every passing moment is a choice. And with every choice, there's an action. And every action will either lead us towards the truth or deviate us away from our destination. In reaching success, in reaching prosperity, it is crucial to understand the essence of what prosperity really is but at the same time to have a deeper understanding of poverty as well on the other end of the spectrum i guess you can say that we have poverty and when we look at the dichotomy between prosperity and poverty we see that it isn't really between the two concepts but rather between the two different perspectives and by that I mean the spiritual and secular perspectives. Looking through these two lenses is beneficial because it can give us a deeper understanding of the two, prosperity and poverty. Secularly speaking, prosperity is manifested in the form of worldly gains and poverty is not having anything of the world. So we can clearly see that the attainment of the world is conducted on an external level with no regard to what happens internally. Now from a spiritually seeking perspective, the attainment of the world happens on an internal level, meaning that having the world is by filling the heart with the world and not having it means having a heart empty of it. So for a true seeker, we see that prosperity and poverty switch places in comparison with what they mean for a worldly driven secular individual and what do i mean by that a true seeker is actually seeking poverty on the inside a heart free of the world while someone who isn't seeking allah is running away from poverty inside and out so on an external level you either have the world or you don't but internally is what determines if you really have it or not because for the ones who have it all the world occupies their heart and for the ones who don't but still want it have the world in their hearts as much as the others and here i feel is where we are led to a deeper understanding of prosperity you know anything external is always an extension of what is within. The reality that one creates on the outside is always a reflection of what is inside. And so true prosperity has to be a reflection of the internal state, a reflection of the state of the very soul. And this is very powerful because we see the dependency of true prosperity on poverty. Isn't that interesting? There's a dependency of true prosperity on poverty. 
instead of seeing the two on opposite ends of the spectrum, we are always reminded in the Qur'an that Allah wants us to reach the goal of Islam. Because by reaching that goal, we can truly become prosperous. And for those who are so skeptical, yes, we are created to be successful and prosperous. There is no shame in having the world because a truly prosperous, seeking Muslim has the world by not having it inside of his or her heart. And how often are we reminded of those individuals who have had the world thrown at their feet or completely taken away from them and their reaction in either situation was always reflected in praises and in gratitude towards Allah. And when I remember these people, I feel their character and the way that they presented themselves was pointing to the permissibility of worldly attainment and the essence of true prosperity. For the ones who are poor of the world are truly prosperous because they are experiencing Allah on a very, very deep level. So now we are beginning to see a new possibility, a new version of prosperity. See, because the world's current chaotic, messy, twisted, and misinterpreted meaning of prosperity is the way it is because it is a consequence of the delusions put forth by the human mind. The self we all tend to identify with is responsible for the delusions we put our souls in. It is no different from what we talked about in the episode on addictions. The mind projects its own perceptions and meanings behind how things should be. And so when it comes to prosperity, if the self is walking the path, it will always be on your case. It will subtly try to deviate you away by proposing its own constructs. The voices of the mind will tell you things like, you're a seeker of Allah, don't touch the world or you'll grow far from the one who created you. And following that waswasa, that voice is nothing but following a delusion. And you know what's interesting? It doesn't stop there. There are far more delusions that prevent us from attaining success in life. Because for the one who is able to abandon the false perception of prosperity is then faced with the delusion that becoming successful and prosperous is impossible. And the examples are many. You know, think of all the unfulfilled dreams. The dream to make enough money to sustain your parents after they helped you grow. Or starting your own business. The dream of making it into your top university or working for that tech company you always wanted to work for, or the dream of traveling the world to inspire the young generation. They're all dreams. But what do they have in common? Is that they all stem from the human heart. And they are left unfulfilled because of the human mind. Dreams that the hearts know will lead you to prosperity. But the mind disguises itself through many voices and will always tell you there is no way you can make that money. It's a big number. There's no way you'll get into that university. You're not smart enough. You're not quick enough. You don't possess the talents or the skills. You'll never make it. It's impossible. Just stay where you are and I'm sure an opportunity will come your way. Focus on your prayers and ask Allah for help. Wow, we have all heard those voices in our minds and the delusions are not physical but they still exist and they only exist in one place and that is inside of the human mind that's the only place they become real for the moment you abandon a delusion and let it go you then see it disappear and you learn about its true nature and what is that is that delusions are nothing. Delusions are made of nothing. So when we allow delusions to steer us away from fulfilling our dreams, we're actually allowing nothingness to change our trajectory. And another thing is covering the light that is within is destructive. And it is a means to becoming nothing in life. This is so important because it requires so much effort. 
putting that effort is usually a sign that you're doing something wrong. And we are here to become something in life. We are all here now. We're all shining stars and we are all created and meant to shine. Attaining prosperity is analogous to when a flower blooms. It is our birthright to flower and bloom. It is our God-given destiny and we are here to reach it. So let us be mindful of our choices in life. SubhanAllah, as you can see from the podcast, I tend to get very passionate about projecting these truths. How can I not? And how can I not be passionate? And I love sharing it with the world. I believe that every human being has the potential to become who they are sent here to be. And who you're meant to be is nothing but your higher self. Your higher self is calling you in your dreams. And that's why these dreams need to be fulfilled. MashaAllah Ahmed beautifully said, you know, really this comes down to a question of attachment. And that is a quality or a condition of the heart. Money itself inherently has no meaning. The meaning is what we assign to it. Money inherently is not evil. It's just physically paper or digitally numbers on a screen. But it's the meaning that we assign to these things. You know, it's been said that money is the root of all evil. But to be accurate, it is the love of money that is the root of all evil or the root of evil. It's not about having or not having. It's about attachment. You must have. We must have. Life requires that we have. We must be able to do. Yet we must also be free of attachment. Dependence must be only upon Allah Almighty. Money is not the goal. It is not the ends. It is simply a means. So what is the true goal? Let that be your motivation. Is your goal being able to provide for your children so that they can have a basic quality of life and appreciate the path that you're on? Not run from the deen, spirituality, and religion because they equate that with poverty? Is your goal being able to take care of your parents? Is your goal supporting dawah and the proliferation of knowledge that will heal our ummah and the world? Make clear your intention and then go for it. Do it. Allah will support you. Remember, we are travelers. We are not here for this, for dunya. But while we are here, it's up to us to make the biggest difference that we can. Leave this world a little better than you found it. Get strong and do it for the sake of Allah and His Messenger The Prophet said, The strong believer is better than the weak. Get strong. Your ability to do good is compromised if you're weak. You can't help others if you can't first help yourself. Show the world a better possibility. Show the world the beauty and the light and the love of God. This is a huge topic. And, you know, I personally go into these in much more detail in some of my training programs, specifically the meditation and more so the Eternal Warrior Way program. But just to briefly review some of the topics that we've discussed on this episode and things that bear further inquiry and learning and work on your part, on our parts. Number one, there are two possibilities, two paradigms to operate from, one based in prosperity and one based in poverty. We know that Allah Almighty is the Lord of abundance and prosperity. And so naturally, the world, the universe he creates must reflect that. And if we stop for a minute to look, it does. Look at the endless abundance of good on this planet. You look at Allah's system and it's based in prosperity and abundance. Whether it's a seed or the human family, they proliferate, they propagate, they multiply exponentially. The world of men is the opposite. The man-based, human-based system is the exact opposite. For example, 
for transportation, Allah Almighty created horses, honored steeds to carry human beings. If you were to have a horse, it would have offspring that would have offspring. It would continue to proliferate. It would continue to grow over time. Your wealth would only increase. That's a paradigm. That's a world that is based in prosperity. That is the natural system that Allah created. We, in our questionable wisdom and intelligence, decide to turn away from Allah's system and create our own systems. Now we create seeds that don't germinate, that die after their first yield. We create modes of transportation that must be replaced every five to seven to ten years. There's no prosperity. Right? A, a steed, an animal, it eats from what Allah provided, what Allah created. A universe filled with abundance of prosperity. Yet we must now mine deep in the earth for fuel and pay incomprehensible amounts to just to move ourselves from place to place. We're, we're creating poverty for ourselves based on our approach to life. That's a bigger subject beyond the scope of this episode. However, the important point is that there are these two possibilities, these two states of consciousness, these two approaches and paradigms to life, one based in prosperity, one based in poverty. We must remember that Allah's will for humanity and what Allah created and willed and destined was prosperity. It was paradise. Allah created us for paradise. The results that we have in our lives are a reflection of our beliefs and our actions, which are a reflection of the paradigms that we believe in, which are a reflection of our self-image. They show us what we believe about ourselves, which are a reflection of our beliefs about Allah. Do you believe you are worthy? Do you believe you are deserving of health, of financial security, of love? Allahu Akbar. The question really is, do you believe that Allah loves you? And now we must go back to truth. We must go back to reality. What our Messenger taught us. And not to ego-based interpretations and perceptions of the world and of ourselves. It's our duty to become strong, to become empowered, to make a difference, a positive difference in the world and in our own lives, in the lives of our loved ones. We are not here for this dunya. We are not here to get strong so we could while away our time in frivolous pursuit. But we are responsible for the proper distribution of wealth on this planet. 97-98% of the world's wealth shouldn't be in the hands of two or three. But that difference will not change by us complaining or protesting. That will only change by us creating prosperity in our own lives. And that is only possible by focusing on the positive. Focus on the negative. You give it strength. You give it power. You give it energy. You give it life. You give it reality. We must transcend the negative and focus on the positive first and foremost in our own lives and through the butterfly effect and we're all connected as human beings we affect change without doing anything directly in the lives of others as well I'd like to end with a few suggestions for cultivating a greater degree of prosperity-based consciousness in your life, as well as for attracting greater levels of abundance and prosperity into your life. Number one, gratitude. Shift your focus. Focus on abundance. Focus on prosperity. Allah Almighty says, be grateful and I will add more unto you. Focus on the positive. Focus on prosperity and you will attract more of it to yourself. Again, your focus determines your reality. And when we focus on abundance all around us, and there is so much to be grateful for, the ego likes to focus on the negative. It likes to focus on what is missing rather than what is present. Instantly, the ego gravitates towards negativity. If there's a single problem, it occupies all of its attention on that rather than the multitude, the countless multitude of positive things that are happening for us in our lives. 
We have so much to be grateful for. Take time and look around. Appreciate, constantly appreciate what you've been given. Focus on the positive and continue to cultivate a prosperity-based consciousness. Allah Almighty in Hadith Qudsi says, I am to my servants as they expect me to be. Do you believe, do you expect from Allah and from this universe generosity, support, success, strength, health, and wellness? Or do you expect, do you believe in suffering and struggle and hardship and pain? Consciously correct your beliefs, your paradigms, your belief systems. Number two, use affirmations. Affirm truth to correct and heal your paradigm, to correct your beliefs, your programming. Literally, your neural pathways must be reshaped to reflect a new possibility, a new reality. We must unlearn what the world has programmed us with. And the world is based in a lack of faith. It's based in a lack of belief in the beauty and the greatness and the presence of Allah Almighty. We must learn those belief systems, those unconsciously programmed belief systems, and consciously affirm for ourselves Allah's greatness, His generosity, His light, His love for us. And number three, take action. Take action. Actions speak louder than words to yourself and to the universe. Action is faith. It is the evidence of faith. It makes faith real. It strengthens faith. And reality, action is faith. Action is belief. Do you believe in the greatness and the generosity and the mercy of God? Then take action to receive it. And number four, keep learning. Plug into positive and empowering material. Keep learning. This is our way as Muslims. The Prophet said, be a learner from the cradle to the grave. Continually plug into positive and empowering information, particularly from pure sources, as pure sources as you can possibly find. We go into these topics, these subjects, into much more detail, as I mentioned earlier, in the Islamic Meditation and Eternal Warrior Way programs. And these are two possible routes for continued support and learning. You can learn more at islamicmeditation.com as well as at eternalwarriorway.com. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspires the good of this knowledge into our hearts, into your hearts. May the barakah and the truth in it reach to you. And inshallah, enable you and empower you to make a positive difference in your life and in the lives of those whom you love and in the life of our ummah. May our ummah again rise to a position of leadership and strength, a position of authentic divine power, not force, but barakah and nur. So in conclusion, there are several points that we need to remind ourselves of. Number one, we need to understand the true meaning of prosperity. We need to let go of the false perceptions. And we need to remind ourselves that prosperity lies in the essence of the goal of Islam. And we also need to know what it truly means to be prosperous. We also have to remember that there is a dependency of prosperity on poverty from a spiritual perspective and that a truly prosperous human soul has a heart that is in poverty from the world but is prosperous in the light of the truth. As we know, taqwa is the goal of every Muslim and to attain it, we are required to maximize our own potential and we have been sent here to live a full and prosperous life. Number two, we need to know that it is permissible to attain and experience prosperity. It is okay to be successful. Once we abandon the false perceptions, we can then see that it is more than okay to have the world without having it fill the heart. 
And then lastly, we need to abandon the delusions that come after that point. The delusions that deviate us away from fulfilling our dreams, from reaching our destiny, from our divine given right. The human mind is a means to be used in this journey. We need ourselves to become prosperous. We need a heart free of the world to experience it. And we need to always remember who we really are, what we are capable of, and why we are here in the first place. We are here to live a full life and attain prosperity through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. SubhanAllah, this truth even inspired Spock's Vulcan salute from Star Trek. Live long and prosper. MashaAllah, well said, Ahmed. Inshallah, may we all live long and prosper. And may we live lives filled with good deeds. The Prophet said to, to wish for a long and healthy life filled with good deeds. In fact, he prayed, Allah, give me life as long as it's good for me and give me death when that's better for me. One of the most effective ways to cultivate a prosperity-based consciousness is to give. Is to give. It's to take action. Action is a demonstration of belief. It is evidence of belief and faith. It's action that makes faith real. We could say we believe in abundance and prosperity, in Allah's generosity, but it will be our action that testifies to that belief. And this is why in Islam, Allah Almighty says, giving does not decrease one's wealth. That to give strengthens your wealth and attracts more to you. Because in order to give, you must believe that Allah is going to send, that there is no shortage in this universe. That this is not a poverty-based universe, but rather one based in Allah Almighty's endless generosity and mercy and grace. Had Allah Almighty wanted, there would have been no need for the Prophet ﷺ to ask his companions to support da'wah, to support the growth of Islam with their wealth. But Allah did so to provide them an opportunity to make their faith stronger, to prove their belief and so grow in spirituality. Allah Almighty guaranteed the success of his way of al-Islam. It's guaranteed. The question is, who would have supported it? Who would have taken part in the barakah and the opportunity to support the Messenger of Allah And that's why Allah Almighty said, take from them and purify them. That giving is an act of purification. It purifies us of fear. It purifies us of poverty-based consciousness because it necessitates a belief in prosperity. We at Soul of Islam Radio deeply appreciate your support and in fact require your support to continue this work and to share this message, these messages, this podcast, this show that will inshallah be part of the awakening of our ummah and our community. We have hopes and plans of expanding this show and offering greater value and greater service to our community. But to do that, we need your support. So we humbly ask, whatever is in your heart, to visit us at soulofislamradio.com and make a donation to help support this work, to help support this cause, to empower us and enable us to continue. And we thank you in advance for your love and for your support. May Allah Almighty grant you and your loved ones the best of both this life and the next. Jazakallah khairun. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. A manifestation of the Islamic Renaissance is a cohesive, functioning, and thriving society where each individual and every member of every community is working to sustain him or herself and to empower everyone in their circle. If every human soul took upon itself the duty to sustain and empower, the human family will live 
to see a world where physical poverty is abolished and real prosperity is a reality. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lead us to that day so that we can experience and taste the fruits of taqwa, the fruits of unity, the fruits of success. Allahumma ameen. And to all the dear sisters and brothers, the listeners and the supporters of Soul of Islam Radio, we would like to send you love, good vibes, positive energy, and thanks. We thank you for your love, for your continued support of the Soul of Islam Radio. We couldn't have done it without you. So thank you. We thank you from the heart of our hearts. We'd also like to let you know that this episode, Alhamdulillah, marks the end of season three. And now we are at the cusp of the beginning of a new season, a new beginning, a new possibility for us all. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this transition and ascension for all of us, wherever we are in the world. I also want to thank you for all the comments, for all the emails, for all the questions, the suggestions you have made, and for letting all your friends and family know about the soul of Islam radio. The goal of Islam is nothing but the soul of Islam. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pave the way for us so that we can reach the essence, the soul, and the heart of Islam. Ameen. And so this brings us to the end of this episode. Please continue supporting the Soul of Islam Radio by liking us on Facebook and subscribing to this podcast in iTunes. For more information, you can always visit our website, soulofislamradio.com. And with that, may the peace, the mercy, the blessings, and the light of Allah be upon us all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.